Hello, and welcome to the IUG Insider Podcast. My name is Matthew Nanez, and I am your host. This is the first episode, and I'm so excited to bring this podcast to you. I think the first order of business is to introduce myself. I'm the content strategist for IEUG, and I'm tasked with the goal of creating content that's interesting to you, whether it be the new IUG Insider blog, which you should check out on IUG.org, or this IUG Insider podcast, the podcast you're listening to as we speak, whether if you're sitting at your desk or you're driving to work or you're on a run, I want to make content that's interesting to you. The IUG Insider Podcast will start with a series of interviews from IUG Engage at Austin, Texas. We had some great conversations with Avaya higher-ups and community members who share their industry expertise, opinions, and overall interesting conversations. And like any good publication, we want to know what you're interested in and what you want to hear. If you have any suggestions, please let me know on Twitter at IUG Matthew or at IUG. Now, let's get into this week's content. My first conversation is with Avaya CTO and VP of Emerging Products and Technology, Valentine Matula. When I was gathering names of potential guests on the podcast, Val's name was suggested. I sent him an email to see if he'd be interested in do the podcast at Engage, and he agreed. I brought along IUG member Nick Kwiatkowski along for the chat to lend his voice to the conversation as well. We had this conversation in a hallway at Austin Convention Center, and I think you'll hear some of the excitement of Engage in the background, but overall, I think you'll enjoy it. Now, on to the episode. So, uh, how long have you been with Avaya? I, I've been since Avaya itself was started. Mm-hmm. I uh, was part of the earlier Lucent organization, mm-hmm. and before that I was part of the uh, AT&T Bell Labs. This year marks how many years you've been? I've been with engage? the company 32 years. Okay, 32 years. And so, how many times have you been to engage? I was just looking at that. You know, I think there's a secret to staying with a company and being excited about that long. Rule number one, change what you do every five years or so. Less than that, you're, you're skipping around. More than that, you're stuck. Um, this is my 20th engage. What keeps, you, what keeps you excited after all this time? Three things. I've always been responsible for um, talking about new technology, new use cases, I'm always here looking for customers that are interested in proof of concepts or exploring new technology. And I'm really excited always about the education aspect that Engage and, you know, the earlier groups, Definity User Group and so forth, have brought as part of their core mission. Awesome. And a big topic in IUG right now is business development. So let's let's go back a little bit. So mm-hmm. what what are what's the origin story of you getting into this industry? I it's very interesting um, to me, and hopefully to you. You can edit that part out. Um, I got into this industry because I was always interested in communications. I grew up in an area outside of Cleveland, Ohio where it was a long-distance call to call into Cleveland. And so, you know, literally, you didn't have a lot of long communication. You listened to radio to get and interact with people. I was a ham radio person, so I could do some of that. And so to be able to get into an industry where communicating around the globe, doing it with voice, doing it with video, doing it with shared collaboration was something that allowed me to do things I could never do when I was a kid. So was it just realizing when you were a kid, like, wait a second, why is this a long distance call? Like, why can't it be any? Uh, it, it very much. It, it, when it, it was 
being able to communicate with um, people in other parts of this country as well as in other countries. You know, when I my first job, which was not with Bell Labs, um, depended heavily on telex communication for doing uh, purchase orders and so forth from our Taiwan customers and so forth. So be able to do that with voice, video, be part of the industry to help create that, to me, that was exciting. And for those uh, who don't know what telex is, telex is a telegram, an automated telegram. That's exactly <laughs> right, an automated telegram between two businesses. Right. Wow. So you, I mean, you and brought, that's, okay. and that's you know one of the cool things about you know you know growing up with the Bell system and all that too was it was a black box but it connected everybody. That's right. You know, it was, didn't matter where you were and all that stuff. It was it was you know it was cool. Like it was it was like a lot of us got interested in that. And you know this is the thing. People ask me you know why did you join? And it, we could quickly turn this conversation into a history lesson and, you know, a, a fellow that's been around a long time. But I look at my last couple years of projects, speech analysis, speech recognition, facial recognition, using our newest Vantage phone. So you come into a health facility like a dialysis. Yes, it's Mr. Matula. You're registered. Come on in for your next appointment. These are things that are happening literally this past week in my last trip. So uh, it's new technology being applied, maybe to old problems. But it's always exciting to have that new technology you can put against problems you've been carrying around for a while. And of course, everyone in their professional development starts at the bottom, right, in the, their industry that they, that they love and they want to get into. Um, what were, you were talking about some of your first jobs, what were they in, what do those initial positions teach you that you still put into process like to this day that you still hark back to like, oh yeah, I've learned this, now I'm gonna apply those lessons now? That's a, very, that's a very insightful question you're asking because you pick up key things along the way and things you don't even realize when you're picking them up. So first off, one thing that I've always done is go to the source, get the details, most people don't, and that makes you not an expert, but more knowledgeable than others. So when people say a report says this and that, go get the report. Actually read it for yourself. Understand what the motivations are of the people there. Spend extra time in understanding the details. Be a mentor to others. You'll realize if you know a subject when you try to teach somebody else that subject. You can't fake it when you're trying to be a mentor or uh, you know, a teacher on a subject. Two other things helped me a great deal. One of them was I had some brutal English teachers uh, in high school and in college. Being able to write clearly and um, concisely is an important aspect. And then the other one, quite frankly, and please don't laugh, um, I was in the uh, theater club in high school. Being able to stand in front of folks know and have confidence in speaking, and being able to connect with folks emotionally while you're speaking is something you have to do if you're in theater. Right. And frankly, it helps you in business situations as well. One of the best things I ever did uh, right out of high school was uh, Toastmasters. There you go. Yes, absolutely. It's the post-high school training program for exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. Awesome. And so... Uh, it's the first day of Engage, and you've already got one talk underneath your belt, and you're talking about the overview of AI. Mm -hmm. um, when, when, at what point did you, 
did you realize that AI could be a real part of the communication businesses? It's like, oh, wow, we can actually harness this technology. What was that aha moment? There wasn't one aha moment. Um, some of the work that was done in AI, especially around language processing, was done in the late 80s, um, early 90s. Uh, and so I became interested in it and then kind of left it. Then there was the whole big data and machine learning uh, programs, which you know came out as part of speech recognition and other uh, systems. And so I revisited and came back into that technology and then left it. It's been in the last few years where the ability to get a lot of data very quickly and um, having some very powerful basic templates for doing machine learning from Google and from others means the technology is available to anyone, literally anyone. I'm seeing high school students now as part of a science project using Google AI tools to do some uh, development. That, that's inconceivable, yeah. you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's really exciting. And so when you, when you think about those young people getting their hands on AIs at such an early age, when you sit back and wonder like, wow, AI could be here in five years. Like when you let your mind go wild of the possibilities, where do you see it in five years? I see people taking it to smaller and smaller and more interesting problems. Um, so, you know, AI has been used in a very broad sense. You know, if you need to assemble five data scientists and you have to pay them, you know, $100,000 a year apiece, that's a half a million dollar project before we even talk about what we're going to do. But when you have the tools available as somebody that can be as part of a science project, be a college project, et cetera, you're speaking of literally my time and, uh, you know, the tools that it takes, which means you can use those tools on anything you can apply it to. So I see all sorts of possibilities as we go forward. And the nice thing is, like, the tools have become so inexpensive these days, too. You get very, very powerful uh, AI engines that you can either rent by the hour or even have for free, like TensorFlow, mm -hmm. that are, you know, able to do just amazing things. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that I saw a demo just uh, very recently, uh, a, a group of people were training AI uh, image recognition to understand ASL, so American Sign Language, okay. and literally pushing that to a speech-to-text engine so that they could uh, look into a phone, do ASL, and it was actually speaking for them. Wow. That's, that's a that, nice that's connection this, of technology And there. this is one of those things where the training that they had to do for the AI was so minimal, but it picked up because it was AI. It picked up all the nuances and be able to do voice inflections and all that stuff, too, with, like, the speech engine. It's, it's amazing to see what's even happening. This is today. Yeah. This is a demo somebody threw together for free. He brings, up, he brings up a good point, um, which is, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you would have the ability to use a tool or an open source or a university system, but trying to connect one system with another smart system to create a package or a solution, you know, was double difficult, right? Hmm. One ran on a mainframe, one only ran inside a Linux system, et cetera. Today, it's pretty easy to begin to collect and connect these different systems which means we're just running where we used to be crawling. That's amazing. So last week, Avaya announced uh, brand new enhancements to the desktop experience. Along with these uh, enhancements, what are you most personally excited about what's coming up for Avaya in 2019? I think you're going to see in 2019 a, um, 
a focus on the basics of data collection, data processing, um, connecting into uh, companies' enterprise systems is one. And the other one is having a solid, credible offer for hosting for cloud-based offers so that people can really seriously look at, do I need this equipment? Do I need these systems inside the house? Or come on, I'm using Salesforce already on the desktop. Salesforce isn't going down, and if it does, my agents have nothing to do. That's not really what I'm thinking here. So why am I doing all this work myself for my communication systems? And what they're going to do is they're going to reach out to people they trust the most, that have the most experience to do this, and we believe that our company has that experience. Awesome. And so th this podcast is for the AIUG community, right? Um, and certain members are in certain spots of their professional development mm -hmm. and their careers. So if there was one piece of professional advice that you would give to the community in general, what would you give? I would, and it's interesting because I gave this advice some seven, eight years ago when somebody asked me a very similar question. To each person listening on this podcast, none of you are telecom people. None of you are um, call center people. You are communications experts in the IT community. And so the more that you can make sure that you stay current with the processes of the IT community, like agile development, DevOps, et cetera, the technology of deployment, software deployment, if that's your role, or the operations, emerging AI, emerging analytics, TensorFlow, like we spoke, just to be aware of what it does, you don't have to be an expert, means that you will be a credible expert for communications, that's your core, in the IT community. That's how you stay fresh and open up those opportunities for yourself for the next three, five, ten years. Yeah. Stay ahead of the curve. Awesome. And, and I would say too, you know, continue to explore, continue to act playful. That, that's another way to say it, and I like yours better. So <laughs> it's, you know, keep exploring because you know the, the thing is like you know, as the world keeps on changing, the only way that you'll, the only way you can you know, have fun at your job is to be able to play. And being able to play, and that's, like I said, the nice thing is, like, we have the ability to do this. We don't have to run the mainframe to do very basic things anymore. We can play with the stuff on my laptop. And there's no reason why we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that say, um, I don't know where you work, but that's not, that's not the environment I'm in. But there are aspects, even in the most... Uh, um, you know, heads down environment to take a look at opportunities where doing something, using technology like this, at least being aware of it and putting in next year's plan, uh, being the expert on what it would take to do that, gets the discussion up a level inside your company. If not where you're working, then where you plan to work next year. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of that too is community because we have different chapters in different parts of the world even, and people are able to talk to each other about their issues and their problems and things that they're working on. So if I might throw in my two, my two cents is building that community is a great idea to, to build but, that knowledge base. And let me add to that in, in two ways. The first is IAUG has been, as I said before, an education group going back many, many years. Yep. Take advantage of what's inside of IAUG. Take advantage of all the 
courses and podcasts, et cetera, outside of AIG? And then finally, when you're at that user group meeting, educate your peers as what they can find because you have found it elsewhere. That makes you a more valuable member of that community and it helps you to build a network with your peers. For sure. And for the members who weren't able to come to engage and say if they're hemming and hawing, like, eh, I'm not so sure, what, what would you tell them to kind of push them over the ledge to, to come next year? It's no secret that it costs money to come to this event. Right. And so you have to look at what am I getting out of it? What do I plan to get out of it? My advice would be twofold. The first is focus on the education, focus on the awareness of the industry and the ability to actively go and find out what peers are doing that you're not going to find at a trade show, you're not going to find at, a, at an industry event, okay? The second is talk it up, plan to do it, and bring back results. So don't just come. To, and this is my advice to this year's event. Don't just come, but make sure you promote what you learned as you go back and really make it obvious that it was useful and was valuable to you. Awesome. So, so Nick, mm -hmm. uh, You've been sitting here adding some great stuff along to it. Do you have any questions that are burning for Val? No, I mean, you know, you know, kind of going on with, like, you know, AI in the future and all that type of stuff, where do you see Avaya's direction for AI um, as it relates to, like, a lot of, the, like, the call center things and all that type of stuff? Where do you really, like, what's the killer app that you see for AI uh, as we're moving forward? Oh, I'm, I'm, so... There's, there's enough for different applications. Mm -hmm. The one thing I see Avaya doing in this past year and real focus on going forward is stop trying to do all of it inside, mm -hmm. but rather focus even more strongly on what it takes to make it easy for others to integrate with our core systems. You know, in the talk I just gave, it was like, you know, three-step process, something to integrate to all social media. Yeah, mm. we can make sure we do that. So we have a platform where it's easy to connect to WhatsApp, uh, whatever, Tencent, whatever. And then be able to connect to AI partners, both in this country and people you, know, you and I may never have heard of, but are very popular in China or are very popular mm -hmm. in Thailand, right? And then finally, make it easy to connect into our own products, not just the most advanced and upcoming, but some of the legacy products that, quite frankly, are doing very well for our customers and are in the house, and that's what they own. Make it easy to connect to them. And, you know, we talked a bit about what we've been doing the past year on that. You're going to see more of that coming. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this uh, in this hallway. <laughs> and, uh, and it we gives a sense of realism exactly. to have We're chatter here. in the back, people right. coming and going. If you could see us, you'd realize um, how effective Matthew's been in pulling together three chairs and a mic. Exactly. <laughs> so, Some DIY is at my course. So. I, think the only, I think the only thing that's missing is like a little green plant right over exactly. here. Exactly. Right? There you go. Exactly. Well, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the conference. Thanks so much. Thanks, no problem. Thanks. We'll see you. Thanks again to Val Matul and Nick Kwiatkowski for their time. And this won't be the last time that you hear from Nick. He'll be on multiple episodes this season, so get used to his voice. Let us know what you think on Twitter, at IUGMatthew or at IUG. And thank you for listening and come back next week for another episode of IUG Insider. See you then.